With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Just a couple minutes ago, I actually hit the record button for this podcast because you and I were starting mm. a conversation about all the weird new things that are going on with our big sedans, and I thought, we have to share. Well, I, uh, we got into this conversation where we're looking at McLarens because I really want a 600 LT, and I cannot sure. afford one. So we're sure, backing of that off to the 570, uh-huh. thinking, okay, that that's doable. That's 100. Well, no, I still can't do that. So then we started looking at MP4 12Cs, or yes. as they're now known, just the 12C. Yes, the very first road-going McLaren cheap, of the modern era. Air quotes, cheap 12Cs. Yes. And then we started talking about the electrical problems that were known for mm-hmm. those early cars mm-hmm. because they were made by a Japanese manufacturer who was affected by the Fukushima nuclear disaster. And so the wiring looms were known to have problems. We're still not sure if that is actually a thing or if that was it, the uh, one speculative. That, the one we, we that don't we have driven absolutely had those gremlins. We, we drove one at Gimbala. If you watch our pilgrimage yeah. film, we drove one at, at Gimbala, and all the Gimbala additives were great, and the car was awesome. But every now and then when you turned it off, it just didn't want to turn on again. Yeah. So, so yeah. We, we didn't know then, but then we thought, well, surely it can't be bad as the electrical problems that our two big sedans are having. Yeah. Surely. Probably not. Because we know electrical gremlins now. <laughs> oh. Between – here's the thing. Between the big 1,000-mile road trip that we did – and, and the now. thing that you just posted pictures of, which was us going for top speed on the salt flats, which was epic. It was brilliant. Between those two things, both of these cars have just kind of decided they're done. I, so we're still going to give them away to, quote, unquote, you can't see the air quotes, lucky people that helped us get them in the first place. Lucky. And, and they do still run, but they each, they, run. they each have developed new kind of, huh, well, that's a new weird oddity, and you have odd electrical <laughs> gremlins do. going on now in the Maserati. After the grinding is over, the car starts regularly. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And then the air conditioner blows cold, and the car is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what happened on the drive home was the interior lights pulse on off, on <laughs> off. But the problem is not the pulsing lights. The problem is when you turn on the right turn signal, <laughs> and the interior lights blink to the cadence of the right turn signal. That's fantastic. But not the left turn signal. They just uh, well, pulse yeah. at random continually on the left. I'm like, well, what, you lost the cadence, guy. Come on. <laughs> Why right would turn it match? Signal, <laughs> interior lights are blinking at me. Like, and the people next to me. So it's at night so they can see me lit yeah. up, off, lit up, off. What's up with that guy's car? Well, we came back from the salt flats with these cars. Um, you know how when you, you flock a Christmas tree? It looks like that. It's exactly what it looks That's like. That's true. And and you actually got asked about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I got it back up to Park City, and I, I needed gas. By the way, the gas needle is acting like a divining rod now. It's yeah. just full, maybe not full empty, full. <laughs> and so I had to get gas. And a guy walked across the parking lot back to his truck, and he looked at the car, encrusted in salt, and said, so, did you just come through a big snowstorm? Keep in mind, this is the end of July. <laughs> Looked at my watch, like, yep, July 29th. <laughs> Car says 83 degrees outside. <laughs> Sir, I'm just going to let you think about that let question that, and yeah. save face. I'm just going to let you just rethink that. I said, no, it's just a salt storm. I didn't really want to explain too much yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to get out of there. Totally. But the car was encrusted and... 
A, I'm in a QP5, which is rare around here. Totally, yeah. B, encrusted with salt. One lady walked by and asked Chance, is that a paint job? It. I mean, in its own way, it's it looked perfectly like there's gradation on the side of both cars. It looks kind of amazing. They did survive. Here's the upside. They did survive this adventure. We cannot wait to show all of the things we did and just the adventure of going out to Salt Flats with your own car and driving. And we did both get like floorboarded. That's all she has kind of speeds out of these cars, which is really cool. Well, what was cool is we had a headwind and a tailwind. We started Mm -hmm, out mm -hmm. kind of late afternoon because we wanted the late daylight. And then the first runs were pretty normal, pretty, you know, not too windy. But then this wind came out of nowhere. It was crazy. And going, we we actually found the Bonneville Salt Flats Speedway. It's an 11-mile track that they grade for Mm -hmm. Bonneville Speed Week. And the cones are still embedded at perfect quarter mile. It's quarter mile intervals. Uh, Was that they were what we quarters calculated? and halves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we just used a three mile section of that, mm-hmm. and it was brilliant. And the salt crust in some places only like an inch and a half thick. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a crust on top of sand and dirt. We got after it, so we had a headwind going one way, and then a tailwind coming the other way. And I told Todd that when the Phaeton was coming back with the tailwind coming back at us, yeah. Way down there was this black speck. It looked like that land speed record setting car, the SSC thrust, (laughs) whatever it was with Uh the twin engines. Yeah, yeah. Because you had a a contrail billowing out behind the Phaeton Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that was scary. Yeah. I could, and the noise coming out because the tires on the rough salt generate a lot of noise, plus the fans were at full blast on your car. Oh, yeah. And I, I could it's, not they sounded more like planes than cars. Sight. Yeah, they were it really cool. I'm, I'm hoping that the the awesomeness that we experienced, we can really share with the video. It's actually only a couple weeks out, so it's coming up soon. Yeah, we want to share yeah. that video. Then here here's the progression of these sedans. And in case you are not aware of all of the madness, you can actually find the playlist on YouTube. You can start at, start at the beginning when we bought these crazy things, and we're walking through now. We bought them with your help, you and the audience that helped us with the GoFundMe on the front yeah. end. Everybody that was a part of the GoFundMe is in the list to, again, air quotes, win one of these cars. Who wants a Maserati? So that's going to happen. But we are going to drop this Salt Flats video. Then we're going to do a wrap-up video. Then we're going to give them away yes. to one, quote-unquote, lucky winner. But they, and I have to say, when it, when it works right, the Phaeton <laughs> is still amazing. But the new foible there is every time you turn on the, air, you turn on the car, the air conditioner does one of three things. Okay, honestly. I didn't know there were... Th- I thought there, it was there's, just one. No, there's there's three variables. Okay. okay. Variable one, it works colder than any air conditioner you've ever encountered, and it will freeze you out of the car. And you will be reaching for turn the temperature up because it's trying to, to make you an icicle, which is impressive. Okay? That's like It doesn't matter how hot it is. It's, it's gotcha handled. That's the best version. <laughs> okay. The second version is that you turn the car on, and the fans blow like crazy, but there's no cold air coming in. It's just blowing air around. It's like, what happened to the, the like last time I turned the car on, it was cold. Awesome. And then the third variation is the fans, you can hear them in the dash, but a flap has closed. And so it's just drooling very cold air out of the vents. They're not actually blowing at you. You can hear fans trying to kill themselves behind the dash, but they've been blocked by something. But One of those button. three things happen. But you don't get to choose no, from no, this list. No, no, why, no. Why would you get to pick? Right. I mean, you've told the air conditioner what you want it to do is blow like crazy for real because it's hot outside and it's summertime. You've told it that. So half of it got so a signal. maybe you'll get that variant, but there's a 33% chance you'll get that, and the other 66 is you'll get one of the other two. 
But primarily, the the best scenario with the coldest air, you're not going to get in the middle of the day at noon when it's hottest. When I You'll did, get that at, when it's like 9 p.m. and the sun's gone down. You say that. Here's the ridiculousness. When I did my first run yesterday on the salt flats, yeah. I had the variant of air blowing but no cold. And I was sweating okay. through my clothes and I could see liquid on the tops of my arms as I did the run <laughs> because I was sweating that much in there. And then when we were driving home last night – my son turned on the seat heater because he it got so cold in the car. Oh, that's he turned on the seat heater. He was like, what do I, where's my seat heat? I was like, you're kidding. Just turn up the air conditioning. He's like, it doesn't matter. I've already gotten too cold. So I had all of the above yesterday. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. Meanwhile, people were driving past me like, what's going on in that car? Totally. Yes. Lights off, on, off, it, it's, on, you have, off. You have the Vegas option in the Maserati. Yes, yeah. it is. So anyway, thank you for joining us for this madness, for this podcast. That's the brief update. There is much more to share about that fun adventure. As you can tell, we're excited because we just got back from shooting this yesterday, and it was a lot of fun. But uh, happy Friday to you. We have a lot going on. First off, tomorrow, Saturday, is the brand new episode two of season seven. And this is a really cool one where if you have ever had that thought, and we have all had this thought, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably had this thought. I'm, I'm a pretty good driver. I, I, I could have been a race. Maybe I could have been a race. How hard could it nobody be? Nobody will admit. And I mean, nobody. When you ask them, are you a good driver? Nobody will say no. You're right. Most, Not yeah. one person on the face of planet earth unless, will tell you they're bad. Unless they hate cars. And it, well, and it frightens them. But that's a small percentage. How many of your friends have said, well, yeah, I'm a pretty Brad driver. Here, you take the keys. You're right. Everybody's like, nah, I'm good. You're right. I'm so, good. I'm totally a good driver. But many of us have thought, how hard could it be to be a race driver? Well, you and I went and found out by yes. taking a three-day race school. And that is this episode. It's actually very fun. Yes. Thanks to the SCCA San Francisco region, we joined them at Thunder Hill Raceway Park. It's out in Willows, California. And that was – we had a ball. And there's actually some racing drama. Mm-hmm. I think the episode gets better mm-hmm. the more we get into it mm-hmm. and then culminating with the race at the end. I'm not going to say anymore. Anyway, huge thanks to our TV sponsors, Haggerty, Griot's Garage, Covercraft, and Auto Tempest. Yeah. They yes. have made it happen. They've made for the TV sure. season happen for That's us. That's the reason that we're able to do it huge for sure. Huge yeah. thanks to all those companies. And then we also have TV on YouTube, Stock or Restomod. This was from Season 3, Episode 5. Mm-hmm. It was a 1968 Stock Mustang versus Chance's 1967 Frankenstein Monster Restomod. It's a very cool episode from that season three. We are continuing to do our old TV episodes to YouTube about once a month, so that one's coming out. The next one after this is actually the crazy one where he took a Wrangler to Moab with my son. Yeah. That's the next one. That's a few weeks out. Yet, His but... trust level is really high for both of us. Well, it, it's, it growing. Just, it's growing. It's yeah. growing. I'm with Uncle Paul and I'm with my dad. Yeah. It, what could possibly just go wrong? Even though monster he, trust. Even us. though he asks quite a few, I'm terrified questions in that piece. That's a fun one coming up. But this uh, this stock versus resto mod is happening uh, on Saturday. So if you're not able to see us on Motor Trend Cable Channel, you can watch the old TV episode on YouTube. We would love that. We are also considering making some YouTube changes. What we're doing is still a little bit TBD, but we know that the fast blasts are one thing and everything else we do is another. So we're trying to figure out how we kind of group everything. Mm -hmm. So there's news coming there as we sort it out. I am still editing the last episode of Season 7, which is C7 Corvette versus C8 Mid-Engine Corvette. It's going to be a very fun one. Lots of fun stuff coming on YouTube and TV. And, yes, the TV episodes will be on Amazon and Vimeo. We'll let you know when. Well, also, you remember when we had Peter Zawadzki of Haggerty Drive Share on with us, mm-hmm. and we interviewed him and talked with him for about half an hour, and Todd has decided to post his Lotus Elise on Haggerty Drive Share just yes, recently, as a matter of fact. 
By the way, when you use Haggerty DriveShare, you can use the Car Debate 50 code mm-hmm. to do that. But yep. I'm thrilled that you posted it up there. That's pretty, yeah, you get that pretty fi- cool. You get $50 off for your first uh, DriveShare rental. And I just it was one of those money where your mouth is kind of things for me. Very much. You know, yeah, it, cool. was, it was realizing a lot of things. First off, I think the DriveShare thing is a cool way to drive fun cars. And it is a little more enthusiast-focused than just Turo. Mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's that. You can put in restrictions as you want. You do a test drive with the person renting before they drive away in your car. All things that aren't really known from Turo. But also the fact that I'd like to keep this car kind of indefinitely. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. to justify that. So from a financial perspective, I thought, if I'm renting it every now and then, that helps. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. My son's terrified that other people might drive it, by the way, which is very funny. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. He, he's like, but dad, what about? I'm like, stop. It's okay. So there's that. But I also just thought you and I keep talking about sharing cars and not being precious with cars. Yeah. And I thought, what better way to A, share a car and B, not be precious with it than post it on DriveShare? So I've done it. We'll see where it goes. I have literally, I am like trying it out myself. Well, you've got me thinking about the Cayman, to be honest. Because, oh, really? Okay. Wow. Know, All right. Yeah. And, and the larger thought here is, is also the top five, six, or eight Usual suspects for everyday driver mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we talk about drive homework so much yeah, and yeah. we want to do the next step and provide you listening the way to do that drive homework sure, yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. hard to go out and drive a five-year-old something that mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. isn't on dealer lots anymore or it's hard to you know, convince yeah, yeah. somebody else to let you drive it. What if we had the top eight cars for everyday drivers? They're <laughs> inexpensive. The Lotus, the yeah. Porsche, the FRS, the GTI. Sure. Yeah. You know, the Fiesta ST. Yes, I get it. Yeah. The, we're, we're working towards that, but maybe they're all on drive share as a way for you to do drive <laughs> homework and provide that next step. You know, we're, we're always having these ideas and yes. trying to take it further and then realizing, yeah, we don't have the money right now to do that, but maybe eventually, but maybe this might encourage other listeners mm-hmm. if you've got yeah. those usual suspect cars and put them on drive share. Yeah, for sure. You can make a little bit of money yourself and help everybody listening to the podcast. Yeah. Do drive homework. I agree. I agree. We've actually talked about since we can't right now do the transport of the greatest hits, maybe we could have the greatest hits in a garage somewhere. You know, it's, it's, right. only, it's only money, time, and space, right? But as we've said before, all of us would have an unlimited collection. We'd be, all be Jay Leno if we could afford to. But the community between all of us, yeah, I think right. we've got it covered. No, you're right. What if the entire community mm-hmm. listening helps the rest of the community go do drive homework? Yeah, that's a great point. I really do like that. And that's we kind of, you know, instead of relying on Turo or rental cars, mm-hmm. now we're relying on ourselves, the, yeah. everybody in the community. And you start to put it up there on DriveShare. So anyway, an interesting thought. Let us know what you think of that. Please write to us as well as your car debates. Speaking of which, we've got a couple great ones. First from Anthony C., who asks us to help his wife become a car enthusiast. <laughs> No pressure. Magic wand here. And also, uh, what else do we have? We've got Bobby C., who is writing in for a friend, his friend John. He has discovered one of the usual suspects, a a Cayman. Mm -hmm. Loves it. But John has this story, and he's wanting... More of a GT car, and I've been ruminating on this. It's it's a fun story, so we'll it's get a, to that It's a, a detailed story, but it's a good one. I look forward to talking about that as well. Before we dive into this first one with Anthony, I have to say uh, one more thing, and that is Everyday Driver shirts are now available on Blipshift. We've had the Daily Triple one there for a while, but now we have lots of shirts available via Blipshift. So if you have the opportunity, as we know, they make really high-quality stuff. If you've ever bought one, I actually bought the Lotus uh, Position one 
that everybody yes, told me right. to get. I do have that's that right. one. Chance has got a bunch of their shirts. They make really high quality stuff. We now have our own little sub store on Blipshift that has a lot of our stuff you've come to love. The 911 shirt is on there. There's an updated version of American Original now with the C8 on it, yes, which I cool. really, really like. Yeah. Thanks to Nate for, for doing that art. So definitely look on Blipshift. You can get all kinds of fun on there. We've also got a really cool one I have to buy, which is our new Happiness Ahead shirt. Yeah, I just need that. It's just got the it's got the squiggle, which was from the, the road original sign. the original artwork from yes. when the show started. Yes, and we resurrected that because it's still very valid. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage car care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care since 1990. Griot's is also a family company based in Washington State, and they're dedicated to having the best products for every car and budget. In fact, Paul learned his crazy certified Paul-owned car care from Griot's. Now is the best time to tune up your car care routine. Foaming requires little to no work, and it also avoids some wash-induced scratches. It's the safest way to wash your ride. Try out the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what the foam is all about. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made right here in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code every day for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. All right, let's jump into the first debate here from Anthony C., who asked us to help his wife become a car enthusiast. He's decided that he and his wife are going to get a sporty car that both of them can drive. Okay. Now, they've got two kids, nine and five, and the youngest enjoys cars, but the oldest doesn't. Okay. Anthony's been a gearhead his whole life. He's 37 now, debating this fun car. Now, she cannot drive a manual and refuses to learn. <laughs> but the code there is, does not want her husband to teach her. <laughs> that is the code there. I, Anthony, I'm going to say this to you. Would she be willing to have someone else teach her to drive manual? Because I'm telling maybe, you right now, maybe. this goes with skiing and other things. Do not teach your spouse things that you might get frustrated about. But and I and I do think if you're having somebody <laughs> learn experience totally, there. if you have somebody learning to drive manual, often they should not be taught by their spouse. And so my question is genuinely: Do you have a buddy who knows how to drive manual and a car that she could drive, learn to drive manual in that nobody's precious about? So you don't have to be involved, and she could learn. Would she be willing then? Hi, Anthony's wife. Because I think. Part of the refuses to learn is does not want to get in the argument when you teach her. You're going to have to decide before you go car shopping. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to settle this issue first because if she is, that's a good thing. But if not, and that's settled, then you can go car not. shopping. I'm assuming not, and I'm planned for this to be not. But I just I, I read that sentence and it makes me laugh. I just go, mm -hmm, that's that's a, that's an argument avoidance tactic there. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Anthony has convinced her to look at Audi S5s, the 2011 okay. to 2015 supercharged cars. She wants to look at Camaro SSs and Mustang GTs and automatic, and Anthony's not about that. Mm -hmm. But he says, the Audi seems, you know, like everybody has one. Well, when you're looking for a car or there's a car in your mind or you're in a particular car, that's all you see. True. But his bigger concern is that the Camaro and the Mustangs, those really are ubiquitous and automatic sounds blah to him. So at least the S5 is somewhat interesting. The one they drove that he likes is the Lotus Evora S in mm -hmm. auto, which mm -hmm. we have driven. We have a fast blast on it. It is very fun. Uh, the concern is that the back seats they're, they're not really great back seats, and they can't put he and his wife and both kids in an Evora. Which is what she wants. Her mm -hmm. big concern is that the kids should be in the car with them. 
Mm-hmm. She's thinking family. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. thinking mama bear, and she wants the kids with them in any fun, sporty car. Okay. Whereas Anthony's sort of like, no, the sporty car should be just that. Take one person at a time, whoever mm-hmm. that lucky mm-hmm. person is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or she gets to take the lucky totally. kid, whatever. Yes, yes. But that does keep it special. That keeps it more unique. I it agree. also I opens agree. up your options quite a bit because if that is the standing rule, then yes, welcome to Camaro, Mustang, or Challenger. Yeah, just, just about, yeah. He's a professional detailer. We've got to get you using Griot's products, Anthony. Yeah. I don't know what you use. You don't say. Well, what I do think is funny is as a result of being a detailer, he's had you list the Porsche in front of him at his shop. Okay, yeah. Yeah. and his wife keeps looking at Porsches of any version and saying it's just a Beetle. Oh, she just—it doesn't connect with her. I know I'm killing you, which oh. is why I'm telling the story, just letting you groan because the Porsches are essentially out. So I know those Yikes. of you that are thinking 911 could work here, not here, because his yeah. wife has zero interest in a Porsche 911. Mm. Well, the current vehicles here are a 93 GMC Typhoon. Okay. Wow. An 04 Dodge Neon SRT4. Wow. He's the original owner, highly modified. He's got a 2016 BMW 328iX wagon with the M Sport track and track pack, dine and tune. Yes, he's tracked it. He says this is the daily driver. And for her, a 2020 Honda Odyssey minivan. The Odyssey is the only normal thing on that list. The he's others got are a very typhoon. Random. A neon SRT4 that he is the original owner. Wow. I mean, when's the last time you saw one of those, let alone by the original owner? Yeah, it's been years. And then this 328iX wagon, none of those are normal. All of them are cool. (laughs) They're very enthusiast-focused. For sure, for sure. for the family, you've got the minivan. Yes. Clearly the the commuter, road tripper, you know, all that kind of stuff. But every, did you think about this, though? Every one of those is four seats? You could take the whole family in every... I'm coming yeah, back to this. Point. You could take the family in every one of those. And the wagon is the family Hoonmobile. It is. Absolutely. You, those are all so covered. I'm, I'm, I'm going to circle back need... around. I'm going to circle back yeah, around because that's, that's key stuff. Well, the past cars include, well, Dodge Spirit RT, a Dodge Daytona Shelby, Eagle Talons, Fiat Abarth, wow. a couple Chevy trucks on lease. He's had a, Volks, a Volvo XC90, Toyota 4Runners, but... At this point, he's looking at options. Anthony's mm-hmm. looking, of course, at Camaros and Mustangs. He's eyeballing the Audi S5. This car could be a convertible or a hardtop. Yeah. And he's got some options, and he does name the Alfa Romeo 4C. These are his options. Yeah, what this he, is what he's he, wanting. What he really wants is one of these four. Well, he says Alfa Romeo 4C, yes. first-gen Viper. <laughs> Which I love the, the parentheses here is I give up on finding agreement and just get this car. That's what's listed Viper? beside the Viper. He's just like, I'm going to go manual. I don't care if it's got back seats. We don't need to agree on a car anymore. I'm just going to go get a Viper. That's the list a you got, Viper. which makes me laugh. That That's is the great. car where she'll be like, fine, go kill yourself. Exactly. Fine, go drive exactly. it. Did you, is your life insurance paid up? All right, I love you. Please come Golly. back. Lotus Vore S, he's still trying to convince her. And a Lotus Elise is on the list. His brother owns a 94 Lotus S4. Very cool. So that must be an Esprit S4 yeah. that he stores yeah, yeah. in the garage for him. He gets to drive it when it's, you know, when it's there. And he does love it, but he doesn't like the constant British car ownership quirks, <laughs> which are far more in a 94 Esprit than an Elise or yes, an Avora whatsoever. Or an Avora, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. yes, I'm, I'm sure there are. The kids love to go one by one and go for a drive in this car. I think that is also very interesting. That is the key statement Mm -hmm. they love going one-on-one with antony and you know what that also includes his older child that doesn't care about cars still wants to go yep in that car yep 
Well, they'll stop almost anything they're doing just to ride in this car. That's funny. That's really cool. I a nine-year-old and a five-year-old dropping all electronics and TV and internet <laughs> yeah. to go ride in a 94 Esprit. I went and picked up dinner last night. Hello. Totally. I went and picked up dinner last night. It directly plays to this. Picked up dinner last night, and um, my son was in the middle of a game. Okay, and I just said, "All right, I'll go pick video up game dinner." Yeah, in the middle of the video game. It was dinner time. My wife had had a rough day. She was like, "Can we just grab something?" I said, "Of course. Let me go out and get it." We ordered. I was getting ready to go, and as I'm getting ready to go, my son goes, "I'll join you." He was in the middle of a level, which is, by the way, in typical kid parlance, you don't stop in the middle of a level. I have to like pull him away. I'm amazed. He stopped in the middle He's of a like, level. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to come with you," and I said, "You are?" He goes, "Yeah." I said, "I'm taking a Lotus." He said, "Yeah, I know. That's why I'm coming." So oh this is my point. My it was just gosh. we were going to grab dinner. We went and grabbed dinner and came back. Yeah, that's all we did. The budget here is twenty to forty-five thousand dollars, which is a good stretch. But forty-five is the absolute tippy top of okay. the budget. Right. And no, he's not selling any of his cars. <laughs> okay. He says, "Don't even bother." So, how can we help his wife become a car person? There's there's so many layers to this. I love this so much. I keep coming back to the story Todd just told and your sentence, Antony. Your kids love to go one by one and just go for a drive in this car. Mm-hmm. But it isn't yours. It's your brother's. Yeah. And you want to drive it, mm-hmm. but you don't want to own it. Mm-hmm. And now you're writing specifically to own something yourself. Yep. Sounds like that Lotus is going to stick around and still be available for those fun random drives. Point. Interesting point. I like Which that. Is That's good. good. That's very good. Yeah. But it, you, know, you need something for you. But more yeah, importantly... Yeah, yeah. We want something for your wife to discover. And if it continues to be four-seaters that aren't as hardcore or just mm-hmm. not saying mm-hmm. Mustangs and SS, Camaro SSs aren't. It's not what I'm saying. But it does add weight. It prevents the lighter, smaller cars from entering the picture. Well, and also those cars, frankly, in automatic the, the lower-level ones in auto are not as interesting. They're not as engaging. I mean, yeah, SS with an automatic is going to be a monster. You put your foot down. But the rest of the time, you're not going to want to put, put your foot down. Mm, you're going to want to just putter around in it, which isn't going to be fun. Interesting It point. isn't magic. And you want a car that is at low speeds, at high speeds, everywhere in between. You want it to be automatic. You want it to have a European feel, but you want it to be still reliable. Mm-hmm. You want it to be modern with modern conveniences. Maybe a warranty, maybe even brand new, maybe right around the $42,000 price level (laughs) with a Toyota and a super badge on it. Oh, there it is. And a two liter engine in it. There it is. With an automatic. And I guarantee you, Anthony, you're going to love this automatic because it feels like a dual clutch. Yeah. It feels like a dual clutch. I'm telling you, it is so amazing when you put it in sport mode. The two liter is fine. They are newly introduced as of this recording. $42,000. You're done. Get it in yellow. The yellow is extra money. It's $425. But you're going to want it. Yeah. But get, get the yellow two liter Supra GR turbo. Your wife is going to look for excuses to go drive this car. You guys have four seaters to Todd's point. You guys have four seaters. You've got wagons, you've got minivans, you've got, Mm -hmm. People movers. Uh-huh. Yeah. You've got this special one-off Lotus you don't even have to own or take care of or put money into. Very good point. Yeah. How about a Toyota Supra? It is made for your budget, is made for what you're looking for. And hmm. no, I don't think all four of you have to go because when you don't, what if it's just you and one of your kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, well, why did we get four seats if it's just yeah. you know two people? Why did we even do that? Why did we get the Camaro and Mustang? Go drive a Supra. They're at your dealer. You're, it's Look at magic. You. You're right. going to All freak right. out and love this car. They're right in the sweet st- spot. Brand new, modern, 
automatic, but that doesn't mean it's not fun, mm-hmm. and it's something you both will love. I think that's great. I promise, Anthony. I think that's great. Anthony, I, I want to unpack the relationship pieces of this real quick. <laughs> love this part. I love this part. I and then I want to dive into some actual recommendations because I'm trying to actually adhere to all your rules, but I want to poke at those rules real quick. <laughs> I want to pop all this. I, I, Boo! <laughs> I, I, I want to ask that quick because here's the thing. In the middle of your email, well, almost the end of your email, you go to what you describe as your options, mm-hmm. meaning mm-hmm. just cars you're thinking about you just might get. Anthony's wife Hello, I know you're listening, and I'm and, and I'm thrilled that you are, and I and, and we're, I'm going to come back around to your side of the equation as well. So so stick with me. But Anthony, first off, tough love for you, and this is my genuine question for you: Does your wife need to like cars? Is that a requirement? Is that important? I mean, right now she drives an Odyssey. I don't. You don't tell us what she feels about, and I'm sure she's told you, but don't tell us what she feels about anything but her Odyssey minivan. Those doors are handy. So you have the Typhoon, the Neon, and the Wagon. All of those are quirky enthusiast cars. Does she like them? Does she drive them? You don't even tell us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it necessary for her to have a car that she loves that you love too? Why is that required? I'm not saying it isn't cool because, look, my wife likes the Lotus. She prefers her Cayenne, but she likes the Lotus. True. It's very cool. I think it's a little bit more than like. I think she really loves it she, too. She does. She does. But I guess that's my question though. If she doesn't like it, is that Okay. Yes, but if, I think your wife loves that Lotus because it is so vastly different than her Cayenne. I agree the with Cayenne you. Cayenne she loves. I agree with and you. And then this Lotus over here that she doesn't have to – she can just drive yes. it when she's in the mood. You're right. You're right. And it's so opposite, mm-hmm. and that's why some opposite car of the minivan mm-hmm. I think will help this equation. Possibly. But you mentioned that, that you love cars and one of your kids love cars. Okay, great. Do the other two people in your family need to? Can they just think cars are – Fine. Sure. So that's my tough love question for you. Sure. Also, what if you went and got something that was something two-door and focused and crazy and it was just for you? Am I starting a fight between you guys? <laughs> like I, a viper? <laughs> seriously. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, make sure the life insurance is paid. Am I starting a fight between you guys or would your wife be like, okay, fine? I mean, you you, you kind of approach this as she must like cars and I kind of go, does, does she need to? Because I've, I've met plenty of people. Who they are the only car person in their household. That's their their kids don't care. Too. Their spouse doesn't care. Sure. But yet they have a fun car they went out and bought. Yeah. The yeah. family's taken care of and they went and bought this. You're a detailer. You're a car guy. The whole family knows this. If you went and bought a car just for you, is that okay? So that's my tough love question for you. My tough love question for your wife Ooh. is this. I'm gonna go back to this equation. Cars are like shoes. Okay, here's my thinking, and I'll go you one further. Thin ice. No, 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 seriously, seriously. Think about this. Everyone listening, think about this, whether you like shoes or not. Sneakers, tennis shoes, whatever you want to call them, these are the SUVs of the shoe world. Okay, we've all wear them wherever. They were designed, what were they designed for? Running, athletic activities. You wore them to go to the grocery store, you wore them in the mud, you wore them. You have have that pair of tennis shoes, sneakers. I guarantee you do. Jeans and a sport coat, yes. and it still works. So sneakers are the great SUV, CUV of the car world. Okay, mm. you just you may have a nice one because you like that shoe, or you may have ones that you just you work in the yard in. Mm. But what's interesting is if you're a person that goes hiking, you have a boot for that. If you're yeah. a person that runs, like runs for athletic activity, you have a specific running shoe, yeah. and all of us have a dress shoe. 
It's a very nice dress shoe, and you don't put that on to go work in the yard. You don't put it on probably even because you're worried about driving. You put it on because you're going to a nice restaurant or a good meeting or a place where you want to look nice and you want to feel nice, and it's a classy dress shoe. This is good. You would never ask your classy dress shoe to be your hiking shoe. That's ridiculous. You would never do that. True. And you're fine with your classy dress shoe sitting in the closet until you need it for the occasion when it's valid. Yeah. This is cars, folks. Once you get more than one car, and you guys have plenty, (laughs) once you get more than one car, now it's time to pick cars for tasks. Mm. Arrange cars like shoes. I am aware, by the way, that cars and shoes don't cost the same. I am aware of this. <laughs> the reality. analogy works, though. The but, analogy works. But I, I so it, want it holds up. I so want you to have cars for purposes. You guys have multiple cars, all of which have four seats. Yeah, and yeah. even if you take out the Typhoon and the and the Neon as being a little bit absurd, you have a wagon and a minivan. Yeah. If you need to take the family road trip, it's the minivan. You need to take the family hoon, it's the wagon. Why can't we just have a two-seat car? Why can't we, you guys as a family, have a two-seat car that, Anthony, you take one of the kids somewhere. Anthony's wife, you take one of the kids somewhere. And then you know what? On Friday night with the babysitter or the in-laws sitting or whatever, the two of you just go out in the nice, fun two-seat car. This is awesome. It's your dress shoe for your night out. Okay? So (laughs) that is my tough love for Anthony's wife. Having said all of that, I still am obeying the rules. Really? I have some that are exceptions, but I'm still obeying the rules. I think two cars you must look at because I don't think the S5 is interesting enough, and I also don't think it's going to be sporty enough for Anthony's desires. I agree. Yeah. I don't think the Camaro and the Mustang are going to make Anthony happy enough, and I think they're going to be a little bit too common, and I think over time Anthony's wife's going to be like, yeah, everybody has one. True, true. Early BMW M2 with a DCT. Delish. Four seats. It's two plus two. Four seats inside your budget. That is a car you can track. And it sticks with the rules. It sticks with the rules. You have BMW background you like to track. That is a track car. It's got a great dual clutch. BMW M2. That's good. We could be done right there. That's good. Very good. But I created an option thinking about a little bit more luxurious, a little bit more different, a little bit more oddball. You're not going to see this coming. Lexus RCF. With I the did not see that V8, coming. You're right. The nearly 500 horsepower, like 470 horsepower V8. RCF. It's automatic. It's Lexus running gear. It does have back seats. I see it. I'm just not convinced it has enough sport into built into the car that will make it different enough think to be like, let's take the sports car because of the I different hear you. feeling. I hear you. I think that the M2 is the better of those two. I agree. I agree to that. So you also could chase down things like a little bit older Mercedes. I found a lot of C43 AMG coupes in okay. this budget. Okay. Still not quite the small sports car you're wanting, but different. in that world. It's different, yeah. So now I jump to my... Quasi wild card because it has no back seats. Jaguar F type. I appreciate that one. I like that one a lot. So I, I did break the rules there. I also think that the if you're gonna go American automatic, C seven Corvette. Mm. Get away from Camaros and Mustangs, go C seven Corvette. If you're gonna yeah. go American muscle car style automatic with a big V eight, that's your car. But again, that's two seats too. 
So I've given you two two plus twos, a little bit of luxury, and two straight up two seaters. Drive those cars, see what you think, and and honestly revisit the Evora. I don't say this just because I'm Lotus guy, but because the only reason you didn't didn't like it apparently didn't agree on it is because there's no room for the whole family. And I come back to you got room for the whole family. Let's buy a dress shoe. DriveShare is the coolest online car sharing platform you've ever heard of. It's simple. By connecting car owners with renters, DriveShare unlocks the joy of driving in some very special cars. That way, renters can find cars that bring out their driving joy in every moment, while owners earn extra cash to fund their passion. To sign up, cruise over to DriveShare.com or download their app for iOS and Android. That's DriveShare.com. Bobby C. writes to us, asking for a friend, his friend John. His friend John talked him into going with him for his 50th birthday a few years back to Porsche's one-day school at Barber Motorsports Park. I really like this story. This is good. He says, the night before they were eating dinner and I asked, are you excited about tomorrow? And Bobby said, no, not really. I'm here because of your birthday, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He owned at the time a Honda CRV. <clears throat> we know how I feel about CRVs these days. Well, especially the hybrid. Yes, we've heard. And a Tacoma four-cylinder. But with a manual. Okay. All right. Now, Bobby was the guy that the car was a machine to get from point A to B. Okay. But at the school, they drove 911s and Caymans on track at Barber with lead follow instruction. <laughs> and at some point during the day, the light clicked on. And a few weeks later, Bobby bought a base 981 Cayman. Congratulations. I love, I love I love that the moment Amen. the moment happens there. <laughs> but but it comes back to that thing you and I talk about all the time and that is so many of us are just commuter drones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you don't have any idea what a car is capable of. And so when you have that moment and it happened for Bobby there, when you have that moment when you drive a really good car in a really good situation and you see what a car is capable of, then you connect on a whole different level and you go, "I want this in my life." And he went out and bought a Cayman. He wanted it in his life so much, the car has 65 track days on it, and he started instructing for the Porsche Club of America and other events. Amazing. That is quite a shift. He went from (laughs) commuter drone to instructing for PCA. Track instruction in your cabin. I love it. It's great. (laughs) Boggled. This is fantastic. So then he discovered our YouTube channel, searching for Cayman reviews, and saw my 987 Cayman that we drove. That's very cool. That was the first thing he watched. Fantastic. And he's also one of our patrons yet, so we do have a Patreon page. Yeah, thank you for that. For patrons, so thank you all who are patrons. For his friend John, he's looking for a new car. He is, John, are, is already a 997.1 owner. Mm-hmm. He already owns a 911, a, yeah. It has 100,000 miles on it. He does track days. He does autocross. He loves autocross more than the big track days, but he's already got this car. I just want you to have that in your mind. Yes. He was sh- okay. searching for... An alternative to that car. The 997 is not going away. He's searching for right. the alternative, maybe something right. a little bit more like long road trip friendly. So John was ordering a C8 Corvette right about the time the GM strike was ending. Okay. And he said he was told by GM that they turned down the order. His stepson works at a GM dealer. We don't know what dealer it is mm-hmm. and had been following the order for him and said, your C8 showed up for another customer. When the guy comes to pick it up, the dealer says, oh, by the way, we can get $45,000 more for this. So dealer markup. If you don't want to pay, you can go back on the list. Let let me rewind and run through this again, just to make sure everybody's following. John was going to order one, and because of the shutdowns for COVID, his order gets canceled. But where this gets weird is when the local Chevy dealer does get a C8 in, that guy comes to pick it up. Pick up the car he's ordered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the dealer says when he arrives, we can sell this for 45 grand more than you've already agreed to pay. 
because you ordered it, you need to pay the difference that we are declaring now or this is not your car. I don't understand why that's not criminal. We don't know what dealer this is. It's tough to not pass judgment on this one, but that's not okay. No, no. no. If, that is if, if horrible. If there was a Corvette parked in the dealership and they want to do quote-unquote value adjustment or whatever and they want to Just mark it so up and you stupid. walk in off the street and you see that there's that value adjustment, that's a different conversation. I don't like it. It's not okay. However, if you ordered the car and it shows up at the dealer and the dealer's commentary is, well, now you got to give us more money. I'm seething over here. Would you yeah, go to a restaurant and order a steak and the steak gets dropped in front of you and they go, by the way, the price of this just went up? No. Well, the problem what this has done is turn John off of the C8 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and understandably so. Absolutely. This is ridiculous. He's always enjoyed cars, but now he's looking for something different. So really, mm-hmm. it's a C alternative. And this is the problem. I hope that all all this greed stops. Honestly, it's not okay. I understand capitalism. I'm all for capitalism. But in, in this case, this is just pure greed. And, it, and as I've, we said and it before. screwing your customers like yes, that? Yes, it is. Yes, that, it that's is. Not, that says to your customer – we don't ever care if you come back and buy another car no, no. from us ever again or any of your friends or family or anybody else you know. They just and, want the money. And I've said it before. Not only does this bother me, but honestly, I would almost be okay with markups like this, the market adjustment things, if the money went to the car maker to encourage them to make more of that kind of car. Sure. But it just stops at the dealer. Sure. Yeah, it doesn't. It stops at the dealer. The it's car just maker, bonuses and the dealer makes more money. And, totally. Yeah, not the, okay. The car maker gets the same amount whether they sell it for market value adjustment, which is complete junk, or they sell it for MSRP. The, the, the actual car maker, Chevy, who thank you for making this car at all, whoever it is, Porsche, Toyota, I don't care. Market adjustments don't go to the car maker. If they did, I might be okay with it because, okay, you have a car everybody wants. Congratulations to the people that made it. This is just your local dealer going, well, you can't have it. That's not okay. Oh, man. I hope this doesn't happen with Ford dealers in the Bronco, but I'm scared that it will. John, he's six foot three. he says, but wider. So the Miata 86 and Lotus are completely out. But again, <laughs> you remember okay. how I told you he's a Porsche guy. He mm-hmm. plans on keeping his 997.14S Targa. He has previously owned a 986 Boxster, which mostly fit him. So that's good news. Okay. We've got All the right. Boxster All as right. a benchmark a reference, reference point. Yeah, for sure. For his size. For sure, yeah, yeah. So he's turned in on lease, a Ford or Jag. He says it was a sedan and... You know, nothing on Jaguar's high end. He does like iRacing and has done a few track days and several autocrosses, and he does like those autocrosses a lot. So Mm -hmm. that Porsche is staying. That's cool. Very cool. But the reason he had the Jag is because he likes something different, and he likes a luxury cruiser. All right. The cost to fix is also an issue with the Porsche. He said the plastic overflow bottle in the engine last year at an independent garage was close to $1,000 for the repair. Mm. That's why he thought about the C8, thinking Mm -hmm. American car, Chevy small block. C8, mid-engine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Mm -hmm. Totally. I I see exactly why you wound up at C8. I I, I totally get it, yeah. Now, the the Porsche repairs aren't turning him off. He still loves Porsche. But he's just kind of looking around. And so Mm -hmm. with this look around money, it's about $80,000. So we are shopping with one C8 monetary unit. (laughs) Yes, we are. We're back to the C8 monetary unit. I love it. It's great. Now, he suggested the new Supra here. Bobby suggested the new Supra, but has no idea the size inside. But, you know, he's thinking, all right, what else is out there? And he's got a list of the, the things that he need to have. Is These are all the potential options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Needs to be comfortable for the larger person. It needs to have something special about it, not yeah. ridiculous maintenance. 
And he does switch to winter tires on his car, which means Very he drives cool. in the winter. That's awesome. Love it. That's great. His wife has a Kia Telluride, so the family car for the grandkids is already there. And he says, maybe not European maintenance cost, but he has looked at Mercedes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the good thing is he does have this 997 with high mileage, and so mm-hmm. he's already used to and comfortable with maintenance to if it's degree. necessary. Yeah, he just yeah, doesn't yeah. want to get into a money pit kind of scenario. So he's been thinking about a, a GT car. He's been looking at Jaguar F-Type R's. Yeah, that is a special car. He's sat in one but not driven it. So what do we have for him? What kind of choices? I still am kind of upset about this dealer. I'm very upset. I mean, I'm, I'm not into you know the public shaming thing necessarily, but I, even I though would, I'm – I would call it out. If uh, we knew who the just, dealer was, I would trumpet it right now because it's I, – I do. I think it's borderline criminal activity. Wrong. Somebody comes in with an order. Sorry, I'm going to stop. But I am going to go here on the C8 real quick. I think the C8's a great choice. I hate that your local dealer gave you this impression. My thinking is, look, the thing about the C8 is you're interested in it, period. You're not buying a used car where you have to go check the, the, the quality of it. It's mm-hmm. a brand new car, mm-hmm. and you know you would like one. Shop nationwide. Yeah, I've yeah. looked nationwide, and I have found dealers who have them on their lot and are listing them for MSRP. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So my thinking here is this. You call up a dealer in another state who's got one listed for MSRP, and you go, I want to buy this right now. And they put it on a truck, it ships to you, and it shows up at your house brand new, and you're done. You don't have to shop at the local dealer who clearly is doing questionable things. If the C8 is what you want, shop nationwide with cash in hand and just get one. Find I, I know so many people here at here in Park City who have bought things like Raptors and Corvettes and Porsches, and they've told me about they couldn't find the one they wanted locally or they were getting a markup or whatever, and they went to Ohio, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. wherever, and they found one, and they trucked it out to them. Yeah. I've heard so many stories of this. It's what we've done so for when almost all of our cars. Well, yes, fact. but you and I are oddballs good doing it with used cars. But if you're doing it with a brand-new car, it's a brand-new car, brand-new car. It's yeah. not like, yeah. well, I don't know. i got to go check it out first. You want it or you don't. Now, the downside to this equation is you're going to need to shop something that is already on somebody's dealer lot. You can't order it your way. That's the downside. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to shop mm-hmm. something that is sitting there in inventory. But I've seen them listed for less than ninety grand, between I've seen some at seventy four, and I've seen some at, uh, from seventy four grand to ninety that are Just various on the trim versions level. of trim and yeah. color, and there they are. Yeah. So if you want to see eight shop nationwide, because your local dealer can't stop you, the internet exists, and yeah. it's a new car. You have to decide: is it the C eight that you want because it's new, mm. or is it because it's really going to fulfill that GT car kind of need? And I think it can. It can. Truly. But he's got the 997. So you've already got the track and the speed and the you know that kind of thing. So just by virtue of mentioning Mercedes, I'm in love with the Mercedes AMG GT. I wondered if you'd bring it up. It's on my list too. It has to be mentioned because 2018 regular GTs, not the GTS, mm-hmm. but those are also $80,000. They are one C8 monetary unit. Yes. If you want a luxury cruiser, luxury GT car that is mm-hmm. brilliant... You've got to take a look at this car. I'm going to show you one right now. I wish I could show the people as well. Look at this. 2016 Red. Oh, in Oklahoma City. 76 grand. How many miles? Doesn't Uh, matter. Not many. Hang on. I'm looking. $76,000? It's got 10,500 miles. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Red looks great. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, the GT is It's on my list as well. It's, It's such a great, great option here. I totally agree. You know, Bobby, I do love your Supra choice here. I have to acknowledge that, and the Supra is such a brilliant car. You don't even have to spend 80 Even at the 3-liter engine, mm-hmm. you don't even have to spend that much. 
and it can do the GT cruiser car thing. Mm-hmm. It is far more nimble. It is just tell John it's got the Cayman Boxster wheelbase. <laughs> you love beating on that reality. It'll resonate with him. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yes, he'll be able to fit in it. So you, that is top choice. Those two cars are my top choices Okay, for John. All right. But, Aston Martin Vanquish S's are $84,000. I agree. That's a good one. BMW 1M's are 50 or 60 for nice ones. That's, and that's another really good one. <laughs> those are ones I hadn't mentioned. That's really good. I hadn't thought of those. C4 Corvette ZR1's are well, kind of fun. Yeah, and they're like twenty grand. But yeah, okay. But you know, if you really want to step out there on a limb and you think, still mid-engine, still exotic, and people are going to think, wow, you threw down... A year 2000 Ferrari 360 Modena with a manual is $88,000. Ooh, we're a little high, but that's interesting, isn't it? Isn't that tempting and interesting? Yeah. And makes you think like, huh. Yeah. Well, I didn't see that coming. Okay. But I like it. honestly, the AMG GT and the Supra at the top, top of my list for you. I have the AMG GT on here. I totally agree so with that. That's luscious. really that's I all wonder of, if there's all of one in my list. future. I'm wondering if I could see you having that car. Oh, they're like really, really cool. Yeah. So that Mercedes I totally see. I I, I get your Supra as well. I like that he's already thinking about the Jaguar F-Type R. That's a John, special, that, that's, special that's car. That's a good option there. I like that. It's good dynamically. It's a fantastic 911 alternative. It's really what it is, as is the Mercedes GT. They're just they're not 911 competitors, even though, I mean, they are, but, the, but as much as yeah. they are, if you can have both, they're just so different Yeah, yeah. in the same class of vehicle. It'd be very cool to have both. So the, the F-Type R would be great. I like the Mercedes GT. I have another one, though. Mm. that I thought of because okay. of a couple of things. And then I also have a wild card because there's a mention here that ideally John's wife would like something that's higher up so she can get in and out of it easier. Right. So I want to touch right. on that in my wild card. But before I get to the wild card, I have another one for you. And I was thinking about what are we talking about? We're talking about a GT car. So long legs. Yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. And ideally just going to run. Nice to be in. Easy to maintain. Yeah going to be a classy gt place to be all things we've listed are in that category but we're forgetting one okay get a lexus lc you may be the perfect person for the lexus lc here john i think the so new, the new lc or yes the coupe is I, even a few I'm, years old i'm talking about the coupe yeah you can just go buy one for 80 grand they're a couple years old but i found oh. tons of them i found that gorgeous wine red color oh yeah it looks great Oh, that is yeah. a fantastic looking car. And for your needs, since it's not a track car for you, which is where that car isn't good. Yeah, Honestly, that's I've, I've tracked the F-Type R and the Mercedes GT, and I would rather be on track in both of those than the Lexus LC, oh, which I've also tracked. Absolutely. Okay? Yeah. So it is not a track car. But for what you're wanting, nice place to be, reliable, cruiser, good looking, classy, saw across the country, take the wife out, Lexus LC with the big five liter V8. Mm, that's not bad. That actually would work for you in that's the scenario because you've got the other bases covered. So I think that could work. And then I have a wild card if we're really talking about something that's not small sports car coupe shaped, that is more like sedan that the wife could okay. fit in. Okay. Okay. This comes back to something else that Bobby said. He said he was at a track day recently and a guy showed up in a Cadillac. He didn't know what it was. And he proceeded to pull everything out of the Cadillac, including the pink baby seat, and go hoon the track all day. <laughs> now, that, that could have been a few things, but that got me thinking. And I landed here all day long for your budget, John. The ATSV, Cadillac ATSV. The CTS is more powerful, but the ATS. It's bigger and heavier, though. The ATS handles yeah. better. Yeah, it does. And you can get them for your budget all day long. Four doors, four seats, luxury interior. 
It's a GM product. So the same concerns you didn't have with the C8 are here with this Cadillac ATS-V. Go pick your color. If you want something that is the four-door sedan style for your wife, ATS-V is my wild card. Although that ATS-V coupe existed. It does. It does. Which is classy looking. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So that's an option. That's a good option Mm -hmm. as well. But I actually wonder if you might be the guy for the Lexus LC. I'm looking forward to both of your car conclusions. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be interesting. So please do write your car conclusions to us as well as your topic Tuesdays and your car debates. Thank you guys so much. Launching into questions. There's so many here. Thank you guys for all these excellent questions. Okay, first of all, design question from Andrew Miller. Why have car rims gone from straighter spokes to bent spokes to very intricate designs that are a pain to clean? (laughs) It's designers wanting to flex their muscles. There are designers that work for wheel companies or they're contracted, you know, working on uh, design contracts to wheel companies to come up with cool designs to make money. Mm. That is the entire point. (laughs) Make us designs. Make money. So people will buy them. Mm. Well, the straight spokes... How many more variations of, you know, nine, seven, five, you know, okay, three? Fair, fair, yeah. Well, not three, but that was the three. sobs from the 80s. There you go. But yeah. you know what I'm talking about. I'm with about. you, yeah. And yes, it has to do with manufacturing techniques that are getting better. Even casting is getting finer and you can mm-hmm. do finer detail. Forging, of course, is expensive. And then 3D printed. I've talked about 3D printed wheels that even HRE is doing. Well, it's designers that want to do something interesting. I feel some designers design the wheel that look good for the wheel, but they fail to think what car or truck it's going to go on. Mm-hmm. When you have an amazing, crazy-looking wheel design, like, that looks so good, and then you put it on a car, it just overpowers the car. Interesting, interesting. It's yeah. the equivalent of people who put on too much cologne or perfume, you think, <laughs> Wow, did you fall in the bottle? Like, what happened there? <laughs> nobody told you. It's the same kind of thing. It's way overdone. Designers fail to realize, I need to back it off. I don't need to have all that detail. And yes, it makes it hard <laughs> to clean. Even my Cayman wheels are very hard to clean. Just measure the width of a human finger like so I can get it in between the tuning fork <laughs> things. Yeah, Come on. Point. It doesn't yeah. need to be Q-tip width. Yeah, it needs to be point. human finger width so I can that's at least get funny. a wash mitt in there. Like, help me out here. People. Find the guy at the shop building the car that has the biggest hands. Can yeah. he get his finger in between the spokes? Otherwise, Let's you got to make the measure. spokes wider. That yes. is funny. Let's base it off of you know our hands, the things we use to wash them. I mean, I know you can use scrub brushes and all that stuff, but, but even the nooks and crannies, you got to get your fingernail really in there, scrape the stuff out of there. My oh. grandfather had the biggest hands I've ever seen. Did he? He had like a thirteen or fourteen ring size. Holy cow! I have like a ten. I mean, he had these huge, thick mitts. So let's get my grandfather. They're like, nope, spokes got to be Come wider. On. Yeah. Gabriel wrote in a question. I got to go. Tire questions. Gabriel wrote in a question on Facebook, and Isaac wrote in a question on Instagram. I want to see if I can answer both of these. Gabriel said, are studded tires worth it on a rear-wheel drive car? He lives in Canada. Winter is sometimes, quote, unforgiving. And then Isaac is asking, what are the merits of all-season tires over snow tires or vice versa? Mm. So let me go to Gabriel's question here first. Modern snow tires are fantastic. And in many cases, they have negated the need for studded snow tires. Now, notice I said in many cases. All right? Right. right. I don't know your specific weather. If you're like our snow here in Utah is very dry. We don't get a lot of ice. Snow snow tires are fantastic and wonderful. I love them. I don't see a need for studs. 
because very rarely are there any any packed ice on the road ever. If you're in a situation where your area gets a lot of packed ice, you're going to want those studs in there. Yeah, indeed. Most tires you can get either way, like the snow tires you can get with and without the studs, so you have that option. So figure out what your specific weather is and how much ice you get because that is the dictator of studs. Now to Isaac's question, I can't believe we're midsummer. we're talking about snow tires, but it's okay. It's all good. All seasons (laughs) versus snow tires. Well, winter, we dream about summer and we We talk about our favorite driving roads that I guess we do, yes. So anyway, all seasons are the one-size-fits-all shirt. Okay, they work pretty well all the time. Like we're talking about shoes and clothes shoes and shirts. I'm and trying to I'm trying to relate. It. I'm trying to bring it out of cars. Anyway, so the thing is, all seasons, and you can even get performance all seasons. Like I've had the Michelin AS threes, and they're actually really good. You can get performance all seasons that do a good job in kind of all conditions. And it's in those mid conditions when you know it's not quite cold enough for snow tires, but it's not quite warm enough for summer tires, and those mm-hmm. all seasons thrive. Yeah, okay, yeah. so it depends a little bit on your weather again. But in general, if you get snow, and I'm not talking, oh, we get you know three or four inches a year, a couple times a year. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Park City snowy area. Right. You get snow and it hangs it on the ground. You're going to be so much happier in snow tires, both for the compound because of how cold it is, and also anytime you have to go over snow, they have much better grip than all seasons. But if you live in a world where you occasionally get snow and it just gets cold-ish, you might be in that kind of almost talk about shoulder or temperate zone, if you want to think about it, where the all seasons can shine. So what's your situation? Cool. All right. Well, there's a, uh, a film question here Uh-oh. that I thought we could dive into for a oh, minute. Uh-oh. From J.M. Ward, 9812, if we were able to produce a Ford versus Ferrari-esque film with a Mm. comparable budget, Mm. what historical automotive story would we portray? Who would you cast and who would you want to do the driving in the film? I don't know who we would cast. I haven't gone that far, but I thought of three stories. Did you really? Okay, cool. The first of all, we were talking about Gambala, and the founder of Gambala is Uwe Gambala, who disappeared, believed kidnapped in 2010, and yeah. unfortunately found murdered in South Africa later. So weird. But he knew Alois Roof. He and Alois Roof oh, sure. were kind yeah, of yeah. pals, and Roof cars went one direction, Gambala cars went another. I see but it. I see it. They both have created legacies of. You know, cars, Gambala is still going strong. Mm-hmm. You keep thinking, yeah, yeah. well, it's going to go away, and it, it still does not. It's, mm-hmm. you know, they're still kind of doing some innovative stuff. The second story is Randy, Randy Lanier, an Indy 500 driver who was convicted for drug running, did the offshore powerboat thing in Florida. And, <laughs> you know, I the, like that. The that's life good. of that's very crime good. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, fast cars fun. and all that kind of stuff. And lastly, Bruce Canapa, his oh, racing okay. career, and now then going into being the 959 whisperer, mm. starting a shop. He's hooned diesel trucks, huge semis up Pikes Peak. The guy has driven just about everything. He's been featured everywhere, but nobody's really done a life story on him because he raced with the greats. And I mean, his name is also up there, but he raced with the names Mm. that you know, and you know, still has some of those cars in his shop, as a matter of fact, in his collection. So those are my three. I'm not sure who we would cast, but you know, we'd we'd get there. I'm actually going to leave you there with that. That's impressive. I'm yeah. also going to challenge you again because I think we need to do watches, whiskey, and Stallone. But anyway, oh that's a whole gosh, separate I thing. Forgot that's about a, that's that a podcast. We I have not forgotten about that, oh, nor will yeah. I. So uh, let's see. Um, Sunday he, night watches, whiskey, Stallone. <laughs> oh man, every Sunday night. With, oh, <laughs> no, no, the, no. We need to pick a bunch of. We Stallone need to make. Movie. We need to make a one hour thing that is multiple movies that you watch. We want, need to watch them together. This is the challenge. We need Cobra. to watch them together. Remember Cobra? Oh yeah. From the 80s? Yeah, where he meets Brigitte Nielsen. That's oh, where he met yeah. her and then oh, married her, right. and then that's why she was in Rocky Four. Yeah, exactly. No kidding. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the through line to all these movies. And so that's the through line between, you know, and they, the movies need to jump around, but they need to jump, you know, from the, the behind the scenes of cast and crew, what they did. And that's Demolition Man, movie. which, oh, God. Which, honestly, oh. you want to see somebody chew scenery as an actor, watch Wesley Snipes in Demolition Man. He didn't care what anybody thought in that movie. <laughs> yeah, there's fun there. Okay, I'm, I'm wrenching it back. Instagram, P, if PN Watch Life says, if we could go back in time with the knowledge that you and I have right now, would we buy. Are luxury sedans new? No. Okay. Nope. I Nopeville mm. <laughs> got a big bag of no with your name on it. The problem is, problem is, in spite of the fact that this phaeton has been <laughs> difficult, I would love to have a pristine 06 two years later when they iron some stuff out. I'd love to have a pristine 06 with the four seat option and all of the all of the bells and whistles and the W twelve right. I don't know that I need that, but but I will say that need I wished, word I wished for the use. W12 on the uh, on the salt flats just for the fun of it. But yeah, I think it would be really interesting. Now the problem is they were just so expensive. They were. Yeah. But if honestly, if I had look, I'm gonna I'm gonna dream ridiculously for a second. If I had twenty grand extra, because we all have extra money, right? If I had twenty <laughs> grand money. extra to just go shop. The perfect 06 Phaeton. I think that'd be fascinating to have in my garage. I have seen with this $5,000 one that it's an amazing car, just not the one I have. Okay? So, so the one it's I have. It's amazing has, when it's amazing. The one I have has like, moments of genius, and then it's also the other end of the spectrum. It's a $5,000 car. So I just, there's a part of me that wants the pristine version. I have to say it. Look, my Maserati love has grown, and I'm astounded by the driving dynamics of mm-hmm. that car. They were very unexpected. It still drives better than many sedans and many mm-hmm. sports cars that we have reviewed. It still drives and handles better. It's just all these little things. Mm-hmm. The grindy startup, the mm-hmm. weird blinky lights, the yikes, maintenance, well, potential bomb that I'm not going to deal with. Well, and, that's funny because... And the dirty diaper to somebody else. <laughs> by, by and large, I've spent the money to fix stuff on the fate. And there's a couple things I've left, but by and large, to fix the money. You are sitting on... 16 to 20 grand worth of potential things you could fix, each of which costs like six to eight grand. You're sending on two or three of them, let alone the weird electrical new gremlins that you just haven't addressed because the car is currently running. So that's even more terrifying. Maybe I would have leased it at the very beginning. Maybe I would have just leased it, which is probably what good. everyone did. That's with the why QB5. your car now exists. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. We've got more to do, obviously. Oh, yeah, for sure. Way more to do than we can get to for this podcast. But thank you. We were there on our list. And we will get to them very soon. Kyle FG90 says, are there any modern affordable cars that have a sense of elegance and grace to both the design and how it drives the Mercedes AMG GT? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Done. Lots more questions like that coming your way. Hope you're able to catch TV new episode, season seven, excuse me, episode two. Brand new. That is the SCCA Race School We so diced a, it up out there. It's a fun one. I, I, honestly, I wasn't sure what that episode was going to be, and what it ended up being is really fun. Guys, thank you so much. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.